Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick continues the fourth and final session of the Warriors and Warfare series. This lesson is entitled, Raising Future Warriors, and is taken from Judges chapter 8, verses 23 through 35. On the last broadcast, Brother Rick brought us the third of three things that Gideon did or did not do, and the five qualities of Gideon's reluctance. Then he brought us the second of three types of leaders, Abimelech, a rebellious leader. He closed the session by asking his wife Debbie to come forward and read Judges chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. On this broadcast, Sister Debbie continues the reading, and then Brother Rick teaches us the five reasons for Abimelech's rebellion. Then he'll close today's session by bringing us four of five qualities of rebellious leaders. And now, here's Brother Rick. And they gave him three score and ten pieces of silver out of the house of Baal-bareth, wherewith Abimelech hired vain and light persons which followed him, and he went unto his father's house at Ophrah, and slew his brethren, the sons of Jerobael, being threescore and ten persons upon one stone. Notwithstanding, yet Jotham, the youngest son of Jerobael, was left, and he hid himself. And all the men of Shechem gathered together, and all the house of Milo, and went, and made Abimelech king by the plain of the pillar that was in Shechem. Now I want you to look at this, because what happened is Gideon is dead, and he named no successor. So what happened? Abimelech, the son of a concubine, wasn't even a covenant person, stepped in, and what was his first order of business? Kill all of the sons of Gideon. He took them all out but one. See, let me explain to you, there was a reason for his insecurity and his rebellion. And I want you to look at these things we learned from his life. Number one, he had no role model. He had no role model. Gideon would not be king. Abimelech didn't know how to be king. He was only trying to live up to his name. His father named him, my father is king. Do you see that he had an ambition, but the problem was it had never been sanctified. He had no role model. Look at the second problem with Abimelech. He had no love for people. He felt like an outcast. Can I tell you, if you don't love people, you have no place in ministry. Somebody asked me today, why do you travel like you do? I said, because that's the only way I can get to people. I hate traveling. Can I be honest with you? I hate traveling. I travel 50,000 miles a year. And before they grounded me from going overseas, I traveled 100,000 by plane. And hated every minute. How many of you know a plane, the seat in a plane is made for a kindergarten kid? And nobody fits in it. Nobody fits in that thing. I've traveled over three-quarters of a million miles sitting in them seats for 
I tell you, you know why? Because I love people. That's the only reason I'm up here, because I love you. I'm not up here to fill in a weekend. This is 17 times tonight I've preached in two weeks. I don't need to preach another message. I need a nap. Do you understand? I am here because I love you. That's the only reason I'm here. A person that don't love people have no right to rule. They'll be tyrants. No role model, no love for people. Look at Abimelech. He had no covenantal relationship. He was a son of a concubine. See, this is what we have yet to see. This generation that is scared to death of commitment. What will the next two generations be like? Where they don't understand covenant. Listen, I talked to some of these guys, and I'm telling you, it's just stupidity going to seed. Oh, we don't have to marry. We live in a house. What's a piece of paper? It's a covenant. That's what it is. It's a covenant. That's what it is. And if you don't have any covenant, then you will not have covenant when it comes to your brothers, when it comes to your neighbors, when it comes to your church, when it comes to your family. There'll be no covenant anywhere in your life if you don't understand the power of covenant right now. Man, we learned that when we was kids, when we would become blood brothers. Who ever became blood brothers with somebody? Would you raise your hand? You know, that's what it means. The word bel bereth. The word bereth means to cut covenant. Bereth means to cut a covenant. Now, when we as kids, we didn't cut our wrist. We usually picked the scab off something or other. But we would put our hands together, our elbows, wherever we had roughed up, and we would become blood brothers. And it meant for the rest of our life, we're going to be together. Listen, we don't even know that in this culture, and we have no covenant nor respect for covenant. Are you hearing me? And it will pay dividends we don't want. Mark down what this old dude tells you. Lack of covenantal relationships leads to a murderous heart. Because people get angry. When they get angry, they get jealous. When they get jealous, they kill one another. Why? Because there was no covenant. Nobody really ever signed up. Number four, no personal encounter with God. Gideon had an encounter with God, but Abimelech never had. Listen to me. You mark my words. I have watched it happen hundreds of times. A great man of God raise up a tremendous work and his son come up behind him. Never was developed. Never had character. They put him in the spot just because he had the same last name and he destroyed the work. Listen, not everybody is able to lead just because they got a name. We need character development. We need work ethic. We need to teach people that that didn't come easy. It was difficult. But we see it happen over and over. And Abimelech never had an encounter with God. He only had a second revel second-hand revelation of God. Listen to me. My mom and dad are tremendous Christians. My granddad was a prayerless man I ever known. But I can't get in, Bob, just because they were my father and grandfather. I got to know Jesus for myself. Number five, no sense of community. Man, when I was a kid, I've been whipped by every lady in our church more than once. Half the people in my neighborhood has either whipped me, pinched me, or pulled my hair. That's probably why I don't have any today. 
Anybody else raised like that? You didn't just have to watch out for your mom and dad. You had to watch out for everybody your mom and dad knew. My mom and dad could be in the altar praying. I still wasn't safe. Because, see, we had community. When I was a kid, I could walk through Lynch and tell you everybody that lived in Lynch, house by house by house. Why? Because we had community. Now we're a group of modern-day cave dwellers. We don't even know who lives across the street, and they've lived there 25 years. I went to Africa and sat around a campfire with a bunch of Kenyans, and you know what they were talking about? They were talking about how grand America was. In fact, they had held America to be so high that when people died, they said they went to America instead of heaven. And they said, boy, America must be wonderful. And I said, well, it ain't all that. Because, see, you're sitting here with a whole village tonight living together in community. And I'd give anything in the world if we could roll that clock back, Teresa, to when we knew everybody in town and we were able to be a community. But them days are gone. Are you hearing me? And the only remnant of it that survives is a church. And if we don't become community, what in the world are future generations going to know about loving one another? I know I'm passionate about this, but here in my heart, we are disintegrating from within. And however the family goes, we'll go our nation. Do you hear me? And when we lose that connect, we've lost something irreplaceable. Man, man, oh man, oh man. Abimelech had some things we need to judge our life in light of. Number one, rebellious leaders, they always lead by themselves. Be aware of any leader that is afraid to have anybody around him. He's afraid because he's afraid that they'll actually see his weaknesses and flaws. Are you listening to me? I'm talking to somebody tonight. You need to hear this. You need to watch people that says, I don't need anybody. Number two, rebellious leaders are always political by nature. Man, I wished all politicians stay in Washington. We'd at least know where they were. They get in boardrooms. They, they get in deacon position. How many of you know there's so many churches deacon possessed that they need to have them cast out? How many of you know we get in places and we run for office like it's some kind of political campaign in the church? I've got enough votes to vote you out of here, brother. God bless your little pointed head. How many of you know God never called you to be political? There's no place for politics in the church. Twisting people's arms up behind their back, starving out preachers. Listen, folks, I'm going to preach tonight. I'm going home tomorrow. So I feel really bold. I'm talking to you. This is what they do. It's how rebellious leaders operate. Look at number three. They kill any competition. Any talented people, they get rid of them. Anybody a little bigger than them, they cut off their legs so they appear to be taller. They run down people. They discredit people. Their tongues are like razor blades. Are you hearing me? They do that because they got so many insecurities, they can't go to the football game because when they huddle, they think they're talking about them. They are so insecure, they want to kill everybody, take away everybody that's got any talent, any ability, take the church down to the bare nub. That's why he killed 68 of his brothers, so that it would limit the competition for who would rule. Listen, I've been a part of that. I've been fired before. 
because of influence. I had influence and the people I was working for was free because I had influence and I was the greatest supporter. I never listened. You follow me around. You go check me out. I give you all the permission in the world. You call anybody that's connected to me and you'll find out I've never run down a leader I've served. Never once in my life. Never will. In fact, I'm around the church. They say, don't tell Brother Rick anything because he'll tell Dr. Parrish by dark. You ain't kidding. Probably by noon because I don't believe in having roast preacher for lunch and I don't believe in being political and I'm a part of a team and I'm not going to let you run them down. Listen, I've been married, Debbie, 38 years, be 39 in April. You say something negative about Debbie, you're going to have 200 and none of your business right up in your face because I'm not going to let you destroy somebody I'm living life with. But what about you? What about you? Number four, they gain power through false promises. And by promising people, I'll remember you. If you'll be loyal to me, he went down and paid his family so they'd all stand with him. Jesus help. What are you talking about, Brother Rick? I'm talking about those that are not reluctant to lead, but those that have no right to lead because they're rebellious. Listen to me. Your level of authority equals your level of submission to authority. And if you're not submitted to authority, you have no right to lead anyone. No right. Boy, listen, I'm giving you enough wisdom to swim home in in a snowstorm. Are you listening to me? I'm helping you here because these are the three leaders. Give special treatment. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's afruitfullife.org. Thanks for listening.